Welcome to another episode of the Shooters Roll. We're back here to talk about basketball with my main man. It was usually my right man, but it's on the left now. D Suzel. I'm just trying you, to man? change things up, man. That's what I'm, that's what I'm about. Confusing me. It's not confusing. It's like when I'm I everywhere. To, it's like when we played together, I try to find you and I pass another one. I get turnover. You went to be there in the corner. <laughs> what up, what up? What up? And the woman of the hour, Reg. Hi, how are you going? Good, how are you? Good, it's good to be here. Cool, cool. Let's get into it. All right, so all of us went to the game. So we're recording this uh, podcast, YouTube, from Australia, Sydney. And we have a local league called NBL, National Basketball Association. And Lamella Ball played the local team, Sydney Kings. So we all attended. I uh, just wanted uh, to get your, your, your take. Uh, we, we saw your live take. So the live take? Yeah, just... When you thought about the game, just just break it down uh, in like a short couple couple seconds. Yeah, it was a it was a really good NBL matchup um, through the National Basketball League. This is this was the game that was being promoted for um, since the beginning of the season. Uh, it did live up to the hype. It was quite close there in the end. It got a little too close for all Kings fans there in the end. Um, Kings went on about their business as the Table toppers, um, getting another win and solidifying their top spot in the competition in the National Basketball League. the The main takeaway, though, was and the record home crowd for a Kings game, seventeen thousand five hundred odd people coming to see a uh, future NBA prospect, Lamelo Ball. I think it didn't disappoint. I thought there were facets of the game where Lamelo could have taken over to take ascendancy for the visiting Illawarra Hawks. But it wasn't meant to be, and the Kings grounded out um, like a true champion team that they are looking like this season, uh, led by uh, Ware and also Tate. Had big games between the both of them, scoring over 20 points. I thought Blanchfield was pretty good for the Hawks as well. Mm. Um, but just a, just a losing effort from there as well. So... Um, that was my takes. It was a good game. It was a good atmosphere. It was yeah. a really good atmosphere. Yeah. Good. What um, your takes out of it? Yeah, Dex touched on it. So Sydney, for those of you guys who don't follow the NBL, Sydney's at the top of the table at the moment. They're leading pretty dominantly. Yeah. Um, Illawarra, which is the team that Lamelo plays for, is is dead last. Um, and at the game yesterday, it really didn't feel like a first and last Correct, game. yeah. Um, the, Illawarra Hawks were in it um, pretty much from the get-go. They were leading after the first quarter. And Lamella was getting hot in the third quarter um, until the tease on the flops. But, you know, that's a discussion for another day. Um, and they were in it pretty much the whole game. Yeah. Which is a testament to, um, one, I think, um, the quality of Lamella Ball um, and the, the NBL in general and the um, the intensity that a crowd like like was there yesterday can bring okay. yep. because I think everyone upped um, up the quality of their game and their intensity levels. Yeah, cool. And I guess my take on the game was uh, the NBL um, and, and the ESPN or the, the Rising Stars program which allows Lamelo and RJ uh, to come here uh, and, and not um, infringe any of the team's um, salary cap. It allows us to pay quality um, prospects to play, I have an option to play in the NBL rather than college. And it allows us to see all these um, 
draft picks before they actually reach the NBA, which they will. I think it's good yeah. for the players. It's good for the players um, too. Yeah. You know, the ins and outs of professional basketball life. Um, it's noticeable in terms of the, the physicality and, and of the Australian players and their physique. I think it's, it's going to hold Lamella and Hampton in good stead um, when they go into the NBA, that they've already got a season behind them playing with big boys. You know, correct, correct. Um, getting that mentality of playing um, the the gr- you know the grind every day, um, practices, travel, the fatigue that's involved in all that, and the training, and then the actual turning up for the game. So I think it's a big win-win, not only for the National Basketball League here, but for also the players, and it's really really bringing. You know, the future could change. I mean, this this might be the the steps of an even greater influx of young talent from the states coming to play, and and maybe even the world coming to play in our league. You know, another um, player that we haven't mentioned who deserves commend- a commendable mention after yesterday's yeah. game is um, Lazada, Didi Lazada, who yeah. um, was drafted by the Pels earlier yeah. this year, and he looks really promising, and he's another um, possible NBA. Um, player that deserves a mention. Very good. Yep, and also for the Sydney Kings, we have um, Andrew Bogut. So he came back from Golden State, and, and he's waving the flag for Australia and yeah. NBA on the NBA. He's uh, he's playing for the Sydney Kings. Um, he's trying to amp up the reputation of the league. Um, yeah, and 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 really bring home the championship. It's been a couple of years, lean years for us fans. So yeah, my my take in terms of the NBL as entertainment, um, the referees and the coaching styles of um, uh, the NBL is very uh, it's very about playing hard and, and and not being flashy. I I see the difference in between uh, Lamelo and an NBL player. Um, Lamelo can always break his man down um, off the dribble. See in the in the NBL or in the Australian. Um, uh, youth youth leagues, um, they don't really promote that. They don't promote like they promote teamwork, like pass the open man, take an open shot. They don't they don't promote hot dogging. Um, being part of the coach, coaching association myself, yeah, that that was what we we instilled in all the players. Yeah. So then, so then, and then also the the refereeing, um, it's very call, call it as you see it. See, I, I find in the NBA, um, this guy's supposed to get too far, but um, in the NBA, it's more of entertainment, like. If I'm dunking and it's and, and it's a it's a charge, it's a little charge, they'll just let the dunk go because it was more entertaining. The fans enjoyed it more. So, but in the NBL, if it's a foul, doesn't matter how good the the call is or the entertainment is, they will make the right call yeah. or the wrong call, regardless of that. That's what we teach from the from an early age, as coaching and as refereeing. So, just a note. Uh, let's move on to the next section. So we so we had a lot of surprises. <laughs> So we had a lot of surprises this year. Uh, Reg, um, I'll start with you. What, what, what surprises have you seen or that, that you'd like to discuss? I picked a, a, a bit of an obscure one to start with. Um, there's a lot of talk about Phoenix um, that's already been had um, about mm. their run in the West and, and how no one was expecting that. And that is a really feel-good surprise um, that has had a lot of discussion already. But one um, that I wanted to bring up was um, the Lakers. And it is no surprise that the Lakers are doing as well as they are. They are um, pretty much top of the table. They are top of the table, sharing it with the Celtics at the moment. Um, 
but I think a lot of that can be attributed to, well, a, a good part of it can be attributed to Dwight Howard and his seamless fit into this Lakers outfit. I think he has, I mean, there was a lot of discussion about whether he was going to be um, able to return to the Lakers after the, um, you know, the controversial history um, and his controversial departure. But hmm. he has really embraced, I think, um, his bench role. I mean, he's only playing about 20 minutes a game and his stats aren't really, um, you know, anything to write home about. But his energy and his um, his spirit in lifting this Lakers team is, um, is really fun to watch. I think that was a surprise that I definitely wasn't expecting. I think I'm the downer here. I'm waiting for the wheels to fall off. <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, they have played some good ball. They totally dominated today's play against the Hawks. Um, the Hawks look terrible without John Collins. Um, and this game was over within five minutes. But give credit where it's due. Fast start, less controversy in the beginning of a season. And I think I like that about the Lakers this year is they're getting onto business right quick, right from the get-go, um, which will hold them in good stead. That And that way, once it comes to the pointy end of the season, they're not fighting. They're not fighting to get into the eight. They're not fighting other teams. So props to the Lakers for the fast start. Um, they seem in control. Like, I mean, who would have thought um, that the Clippers would be the ones who were surrounded by controversy at this point mm. in the season and the Lakers would just be cruising by? Yeah, definitely. I'm um, speechless there. <laughs> I remember I made the call at the beginning of the season. The Lakers going to win the championship. And Harvard was going to be the man. <laughs> Superman. <laughs> so, yeah, I think um, a lot of people doubted the Lakers because I guess their personalities, I guess, from their past, that's, that's how you can judge them on. And, and their big personalities put it all together in one room. But I think last year, uh, AD getting traded, not playing the playoffs. Um, LeBron not making the playoffs, Howard not making any teams, and then you have a bunch of players that are on, on their last chances in the league. Um, they all came together, and they're just playing hard, and they have the talent this year. So mm-hmm. winning winning sells a lot of things. Um, they've, they've also had a pretty pretty soft schedule. So when, when things get tougher, um, we'll, we'll see how they uh, cope. But at the moment, it seems they're even kill, um, and they're just playing, they're playing great basketball. Cool. Uh, D-Swizzle, what Some are your takes. surprises of this season? Please. Early season surprises. Um, I'm going to start with Devontae Graham, Charlotte Hornets. I'm blown away by this guy. He's come out of nowhere, and I think um, props to Charlotte for running with the young guys. They could have, well, Batum's hurt, but they could have run with the old the old guys and the vets, but they're, they've gone a different direction and let, letting the kids play. Um, Graham's had an unbelievable season so far. I mean, putting um, Charlotte, who are six and seventh at the six, wins seven losses at the moment, eighth place in the East. Um, that's pretty respectable, given that everyone was laughing at them being a laughingstock team to start off the season. But Devontae Graham's stats, season stats, 18.8 points. Um, shooting 41%, 3.5 rebounds, 7.1 assists per game. But the the real stat that jumps at me is 3.5 three-pointers a game. Um, I it, It's just really incredible. Um, what's most incredible is 
when you put Devontae Graham stats up against Terry Rogier's stats and Terry's scoring less points at 16.9 points a game. They're shooting about the same at 41%. Um, Terry's getting just a little bit more um, rebounds but less assists. I mean, the, this is a guy who signed a three-year contract for $58 million to be their floor general. And we've got this guy who has come out of nowhere and now has inserted himself into the starting lineup. I like the backcourt. I think Terry Rogier is going to play a lot more off the ball now, given Graham's um, competency to play the point. Um, 7.1 assists, that's that's very, very decent, very, very respectable. And Charlotte, let the good times roll. So that's uh, that was my first surprise. I know you're not going to bring this up of your own accord, but um, his performance against the Knicks? Yeah. Yeah, of course I, mean, I won't bring it up. <laughs> of course I won't bring it, it up. It cannot go without saying. I mean, nine threes and then hitting the game winner too. I mean, that Thanks, is... Reg. Thanks. Someone's <laughs> got to do it. We're the shooters well, and we know there's no presidents here. There's no yeah, bias. that's right. That's right. We stay there as we see it. That's right. Um, <laughs> thank you for bringing that to my attention again. <laughs> it's been great. Uh, but yes, he has played well. Yeah. And, and props to, to the guys around the league who are showing up. Yeah. Um, which segues into my next surprise. Showing up. This guy has been probably the most critiqued player um, for many years now. Andrew Wiggins. Mm. He has been balling out. Completely balling out. Surprised me. Surprising a lot of people. Um, he's missed the last two games for personal reasons. Um, a death in the family. Um, it looks like he's going to be ill and won't play and suit up against Utah tomorrow. Uh, but you look at his season averages, 25.9 points a game, shooting at 47, 48%, 2.43 pointers. Uh, that's come out of nowhere, 5.1 rebounds. But the one that jumps out at me is the 3.6 assists. He was always being critiqued about someone who cannot make his teammates better. And this year, the Wolves are doing all right. They're coming eighth at the moment, seven wins, six losses. Um, but the two games that Wiggins has missed, they've lost. By at least 20 points. By at least 20 points. And one of them was against the Wiz. Yeah. So bad losses, that one in particular against the Wizards. So Wiggins is definitely a difference maker to start off the season. Uh, he looks good. Um, props to him, to be honest. Um, you know, gets bagged out a lot. But he's really showing up this year and putting his stamp on trying to get the Wolves in the playoffs. And they're, they're definitely in the hunt and they've got a top five player in Cat on the team. So they will definitely, definitely, if everything goes well and the harmony's there with the team cohesion, I think they're going to do well. I have a question, right? If, if so, some reason the, the, the Wolves fall out of the playoffs, yeah. but he's still playing well, would you trade him while his stock's high? Would you trade him while his stock's high? If you were the GM. To say you're the GM of the Wolves. It depends what I'm getting back. <laughs> getting let's draft say, picks back? Getting get draft picks? Let's say uh, you get a uh, draft pick and you maybe get uh, D'Lo. D'Lo. They, they were hunting for D'Lo, though. They were yes, hunting, they were hunting for D'Lo at the start of the season. Right? That's what I'm saying. D'Lo is a better fit with... Um, uh, with with, with Cat. Cat. Yeah, with Cat. So, and they're, they're like best mates. So. so if you had that trade option... D'Lo and, and, and a draft pick for Wiggins, would you would you take that? 
I think that's very generous on the other side, giving D'Lo and a draft yeah. pick. But it depends where that draft pick's going to fall. Yeah. And is the draft pick a first round or second round? But even if it is a first late first round, it's no more better than a high second round. Mm. I, I think there's too many variables. But at the moment, he's, Wiggins has turned, he's turned it around. Um, at this point, if you're asking me, would I trade him now? Yep. Sell high, yes, definitely. Sell high, <laughs> sell high now. But we yes. will see how the season progresses. That's yes, my take yes. on it. Yeah, because um, the, the, way, the way I see it is he hasn't shown this ability like to, to string a whole season together. So, you know, it might have been thoughts in the past. There's always been trade talk mm. and he, his stock is high. So it's like, do we keep on rolling, see how we can go with it or we can we can dump him now and, and, and build something for the future. So And just build behind Cat. Because their, their thing was you had two soft players running the organization or being on the team. So this is an opportunity to get rid of one of them if, if they're still soft. But at the moment, they're, they're playing well, well. But it's still early season. I mean, they it's still could season. be in the player hunt right at the end there. And I don't know if you would trade him because of the adversity that they've both gone through. And if they do make the playoffs, I think they'll be better for it. And I think the organization will be very much better for it. So it becomes a different question at the end of the season. That's my take. Yeah. Okay, Rich, you want to tell me about Miami? I do. Okay. I think they are the surprise of the East. Um, They are. They're 9-3 and at the moment, I think. Mm -hmm. And what blows my mind is they are first in field goal percentage and third in three-pointers. So their offensive stats are amazing. And no one would have expected that. I mean, at the beginning of the season, we were talking about what effect Jimmy was going to have um, on this young team that traded away, you know, Josh Richardson and Hassan Whiteside. And yeah. um, they were looking at, um, they were looking to rely on rookies that they drafted in um, in Tyler Harrow. I mean, Tyler Harrow and Kendrick Nunn, they have been playing through their skin. And, I mean, did anyone know who Kendrick Nunn was at the beginning of the year? I didn't know. I heard of him in in the the G League. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's it. And, I, and like it was one time last year. Yeah. Never seen to. And so he's broken history. Apparently, 108 points in his first five games, which is something that no rookie has done in that um, game span. And he's second behind Ja Morant in scoring. I mean, this guy is playing through his skin and is helping Miami um, to what I think is going to be. Possibly the top, the, the top four seed. Wow. Yeah. 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 That's a big yeah, call. I'm calling it. Top I'm calling four. It. I mean, you're talking about an Eastern Conference that has maybe three three um, main players. Mm. In Celts, Sixers, Bucks, um, and I think the rest is up for grabs. And at the moment... I think my, you're forgetting the Raptors there. Oh, I am, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, at the moment, um, Miami's the only other team putting their hand up to be in serious playoff contention. Mm. And you're gonna, and I will put it down to those rookies and um, Jimmy Butler, who, despite missing the first few games due to the birth of his lovely daughter, um, is um, leading this team and is leading a good team who is willing to work hard. Yeah, I, I really like Miami. I like that Jimmy had the attitude where he didn't want to join a superstar team. He wanted his own team, and he wanted the the Heat organization. Yeah. Hard, play hard, work hard. And he didn't care who he played with. You know, he's played in the 76ers. Could have came back comfortable. Um, yeah, could have came back with that team and have four All-Stars. But he chose Miami. And He chose the weather. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he chose the weather to hang out with Pat Riley, mate. 
<laughs> he basically, the way I see it, he chose the team because he didn't need any stars to win. So he had rooks and he took them under the belt. Like he, he, he showed him the... Wanted to prove everyone wrong. Yeah, exactly. Like he, that's his... Um, he, he never came in the league as a, as a star. Like yeah. He was just a, like, like Wyatt, he was just a defensive player and every year he increased his stats. And um, he's, he's at a point where he's at peace. Like, you know, I guess the, the weather helps. Um, he's got a roster where there's no doubt he's the main man. But I think that's it. You've, you've hit the nail on the head right there. It's because it's his team. He's happy because it's his team. I think if another superstar was to join, it would make things more complicated for him. Yeah, there's, there's talks of uh, getting CP3. Do you think that getting CP3 to that team will, will, will harm that team because they're both alphas? Yes, I do. Uh, Jimmy, because he is younger, will still be number one there. If we're talking about CP3, yeah. if we're talking about another player who's less um, injury prone and who, for argument's sake, um, is a budding superstar, that might be a problem. But not with CP3, no. Won't be a problem with him. That's if, you know, they accommodate CP3's outlet trust contract. Mm. But, look, Jimmy's playing well. And we don't expect anything less from Jimmy Butler. He will outwork everybody. I think that's a given for him. And the Heat are reaping the benefits of it. And it's, 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 it's exciting to see that they are playing to their potential. They're very guard-heavy, though. And that's what I'm thinking. Um, but the good thing is they've all accepted their roles. Who would have thought that Dragic would take a back seat? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you literally, that's what I, what I wanted to discuss. Like, he, he's taken a back seat to a rookie. Yeah. And, and, and he's playing well. Like, he yeah. comes off, he plays, he plays the right yeah. way. Yeah. This is what the basketball's all about. You get benched, just keep on playing hard. Yeah. You, you get paid to play. Yeah. So, it's it, uh, hats off to him for, for taking that role and, and still playing hard. But he's playing smart, though, because he knows a contract's up. He knows he's got to get his deal somewhere soon and you won't get that by bitching and whining yep. you only yep. you got to play well yeah you, you look at Dion Waiters uh, he, he basically went the other way yeah so <laughs> well the other way, way. <laughs> <laughs> some some special gummy bears there yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> alright so I'd like to discuss uh, the, the mellow signing free mellow it's uh, been a long time coming Personally, I've been a Mellow fan since he's been in the league. Um, I actually thought he should have went first over LeBron, which was probably a bad call now. <laughs> but seeing where he came from, winning a, a title uh, with Circlus, um, and and just going through his career, I always thought that um, he was always in a bad situation. They put him in, they're trying to make him a player that he wasn't. And and now that the, the, the Blazers wanted him for the last three seasons, which they couldn't sign, he didn't want to go to a small market. Uh, but now that um, the Blazers have one of the highest um, uh, costs of the roster, or roster costs, uh, and Melo um, hasn't got anywhere to go. Like he, he, He's come on the ESPN networks, uh, literally begging for a, a chance again. And now this is his chance. Um, I think that he's, he's going to play like uh, Dwight. He's mm-hmm. going to just do whatever he has to do. Um, whatever they ask him to do, say the right things and just play basketball. Because if he does all these things, uh, he's a, he'll be a good teammate um, and he'll try to score when he needs to. 
Um, and the Blazers have nothing to lose. So I think it's a marriage uh, made in heaven. Um, but we'll see once he gets on the court. Takes, Rich? No, that was that was one of my first thoughts too. I was hoping that it was going to be something like a, a Dwight Howard story where, um, you know, he kind of takes this um, opportunity and uh, takes it with a bit of humility and realises the part that he will play in, in this um, Portland team um, and will support uh, will support Dame and, and CJ as much as he can as an experienced uh, player in that team. Is he, has he said he's willing to play on the bench? Do that, you know? That hasn't been discussed. Um, yeah, we, we don't know. We don't know. Yeah. I, okay. assume, well, I, I have, I have reservations. We're hoping. I assume with his contract of similar to Dwight's fifteen fifteen thousand dollars a day every every day's on the roster, and no guarantee that he he would have a, a position like Dwight depending on on the injuries, but we will see. So, what's your take on the situation? The opportunity is favourable, and it's happened through injury, um, with the Blazers losing a key cog in Zach Collins for a majority of the year. It'll be until March, April, until it comes back from his shoulder surgery. I think that's freed up a front court spot. And um, look, the opportunity is there. Blazers need a, um, even though they're scoring points well, um, they still need to find that reliable third scorer, um, which they're missing at the moment. Um, wide side anchors the middle. Uh, and you can count on him for his double-double numbers, low double-double numbers, uh, but you need that threat. At the moment, who's playing that role? It's Rodney Hood who's playing that role, and he's in and out of the lineup with um, injuries here and there. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if Mello can be that, that third scorer on this team. Don't know how much the defense is going to improve, uh, but it might be that situation where the Blazers have started off very slowly, and no one. I, I think that's been a surprise. If we're talking about early season mm. surprises, is who hasn't lived up to expectations, and I don't think the Blazers have. Um, even though Dame is playing at a really elite level in the MVP conversation um, to start off the season. And they're not winning games, and we all know you got to you got to make the playoffs to get the the big endorsement dollars and the TV money for your team. The team itself needs to do well um, to for it to be uh, rewarded um, financially. And the Blazers really need to catch up. They've got to catch up, and I think this allows them the opportunity to do it. It would all depend also on how they use Mello. Um, what is envisaged as his role for this team. I mean, we can easily say, oh, he, he's got a score, but we actually don't know that. I mean, the whole experience through OKC and Houston where he was left to stand in a corner to shoot three-pointers, I don't think was to his favour. Um, it actually worked backwards for, for the teams, just having Melo as a spot-up three-point shooter. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what type of leash they'll give Mello, whether or not. I, I, I really kind of like him as a player for the second unit. If he's able to control the second unit, 
and have things his way, I think that would be his an optimum role for him if he will be the go-to guy for the second unit. That's my take. Yeah, but we see Melo in the Olympics. I guess this is discussed many times. When he took that role of coming off the bench or just being a spot-up shooter, because he had all these uh, all-stars in front of him, he stepped to the role and, and, and he did it well for the US team. So. It's a different. It's it's different though. It's different. You're playing with a different caliber of players, so you know that you're amongst elite players. You know that you're elite. But when you're resigned to an NBA bench role, I think it plays at the ego. Okay. I think there's a big difference between playing on the bench for an Olympic team, yep, and a, a dream team, than a NBA and, team. And after having been out of the game for a while, we actually don't even know what his conditioning is like yeah. yet. So that'll be that'll be another interesting interesting take. Yep. But you know who is on form at the moment? Surprise me, surprise me. I'm very blown away. Luka Doncic is at the moment playing MVP level. Did I see he's averaging almost a triple double yes. at the moment? Yes. That is unreal. Yep, he is. On the season, twenty eight point five points a game, shooting at forty seven percent. 2.7 three-pointers a game, 10.7 rebounds, and 9.1 assists to go along with 1.3 steals. Burn! He's a rookie. Burn! <laughs> wow, he's, he's... not allowed to be doing yeah. that. Yeah. I know. The one yeah. stat that does jump out at me compared to last year's stat, he's shooting 82.6% from the free throw line, which is a marked improvement from last year. He's bumped it up basically 11%, um, whether or not he can... Um, sustain that through the season. I like I like the way um, he's played the game. I think with time, incorporating KP at the moment, they're they're a bit hit and miss at the moment. But I think um, it's only going to get better for those two. Dallas, they're traveling seven and five, seventh in the West. Um, they're holding their own, but I think this is um, this is the key. Like we've seen enough in the beginning of the year. That Doncic, um, this is Doncic's team. Uh, he's getting praise from around the league. I saw he was um, at Madison Square Garden, and and Spike Lee gave him a high five. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, Reggie Miller afterwards said, "Why are you high fiving that guy?" <laughs> <laughs> but um, that I'm I'm pleased to tell that story because the Knicks won that game. So just just bring it into the fore. Oh, selective story now. <laughs> Right. Indeed. Yeah, that, that's how this works. Selective stories. Just picking ones that make the Knicks look good. <laughs> well, they're 3 and 10. There's is a small sample size there for them to look good, okay? I just got to hang on. I just, I'm hanging on for dear life. Look, there's not much else for you to talk about. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Hold on. What I'm talking about is that the Knicks have beat Doncic twice. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> But my yeah, my early take is he's he's been um, surprisingly. Would you argue that he's not a top five player now? Currently, he's basically in the MVP talks. Yeah, uh, like a like a um, yeah like a dark horse if he keeps it up. Like at the beginning of the season, he wasn't. No, and, and he's and his play now he's got to a point where it's not about if he can keep it up. It's like how long can he go for the season? Like. It's become like second nature. It's, it's become his standard. It was awesome. So. Yeah, I mean, it, the, the awesome part is, you know, he's been a professional for a long time. He dominated Europe, 
now he's dominating in the States and that's like incredible. That's just um, a person transcending the game. And I think, um, I mean, honestly, to be honest, last year there was a lot of Luca hype and I wasn't really buying into it. I've really gotten onto the bandwagon this year. <laughs> really have. <laughs> Do you know what I'm excited about is when um, when Dallas plays Atlanta. I want to see Luca versus Trey. Yeah. yeah. And I looked at it, and it's not until February next year. We're going to be waiting a long time, but I've got it marked on my calendar. Very good. Very good. I think I think we should all watch that yeah, game so together. Yeah, we'll viewing party. Yeah, we should. We should. <laughs> all right, let's move on to the next section, all right? So we're going to play this game. You all know we've played it before. Uh, brick or swish? If we say brick, we move on to the next topic. If we say swish, we discuss it. Okay. So... The first topic I want to talk about is the Nets. The Nets losing all their players and losing games. Thoughts? Swish. Swish. Let's talk about Start this. Start up. Uh, key losses. Karis Levert going down, 46 weeks. It is going to impact them. Um, it's already starting to show. Uh, Brooklyn are 5-7. and seven. Uh, it's good for me because I've got a couple of side bets that the Knicks will have a better record than Brooklyn. But it's it's keeping me in the game that um, Levert's out four to six weeks with his thumb issue. They've looked good in parts. Uh, and Kyrie's played well, very well. Um, they're a little too up and down. I was expecting a little bit more consistency, especially because they do have vets on their team. They've got, um, they've got Kyrie and... They've got DeAndre Jordan, and I was just expecting a little bit more, um, less peaks and troughs, I guess for me, um, with with Brooklyn. But at the moment, it's I mean, it's still early days. Who knows the impact of this issue with Kyrie's shoulder? Um, I'm definitely going to be in the race. Then the Knicks are definitely going to be in the race if if Kyrie goes down. I feel good about it. I just need to keep playing Dallas. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Get to that. <laughs> no, but I, I always thought it was going to take time for the Nets to gel and to start yeah. playing consistently. I mean, they had a good team to start with, and then you insert um, some big personalities um, like Kyrie and yeah. who who would disrupt the flow that they had. And whether that's going to be for good or bad, um, only time will tell. But I um, expected that they weren't going to be very consistent at the beginning of the season. You know who has played well? I'm going to props. Spencer Dinwiddie's played yeah. very well since Karras has gone. Oh, and just the rest, the for the, the season mm. itself, the early season itself, he's played very well. Um, he's always underrated. Um, he, he came to yeah. the party about two years ago, and he's 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 got a permanent place at the party. So um, mm. props to Spencer for that. Yeah. And you feel bad for Levert. You do. Yeah. You do. Do you guys feel that with Kyrie coming over to Brooklyn, He's taken that. He's taken the the losing of Celtics onto uh, the Nets because because he bought Dominic guard doesn't share. Rachel, I think you should take first take on this one. <laughs> of course he has. I, I agree. Kyrie I agree. is too big of a personality and too big of a um, a, a ball player to um, to what's the word? I don't know. He just carries to pass the ball yeah. to share the ball. Yeah, not ball hog. <laughs> yeah, and um, I think at the moment it's, it's the Kyrie show, and that will follow Kyrie wherever he goes. Mm. 
Um, and you've seen what has happened so far to this Nepstein that, as I've said many times, was working. I hold no resentment. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I, I feel the same. I basically feel that um, with Kyrie, they, he scored 50 in the first yeah. game and the loss yeah. or two. Like, we're basically in, in the NBA now. We see a lot of teams where, uh, for the Lakers, Mystic, for example, and AD doesn't play well, or LeBron James doesn't play, just gets mm-hmm. scored 10 points and they still win. That's kind of like the superstar. If I was building a team, that's the superstars I want. Be able to affect the game without just scoring. But that is the price you pay for Kyrie. Like, you, know, you get the stats that Kyrie gives you, um, but you also have to take um, the personality and the ego. I think I'm going to argue the other way because I like arguing the other way. Uh, I think this season... It's not on Kyrie. Like I'm, I'm looking at his say he's averaging five more points than last. He's averaging twenty eight point five points a game, five point four rebounds, seven point two assists. The rebounds and assists from last year are about the same, but five more points. Give the brother a break. <laughs> I'm just saying. I think there's a lot of circumstance that has happened with Brooklyn. Um, I think one being uh, they've played Jarrett Allen incorrectly. I think that's chipped away at his confidence to put him into a bench starter bench they keep interchanging his role and for a young guy i think you should just play him starting unit deandre jordan is your bench guy you 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 lay in the bed you make they paid him 40 million if they're going to pay him 40 million to sit on the bench that's their call they should live with that but they shouldn't hamper the development of jared allen and i think that's played a part in it the injuries obviously is nothing um, they can foresee or plan for. It just happens to be the guy that gets injured is their second best player, and that's not helpful to to any team. So I'm going to give Kyrie a pass on this one. Just, just. Okay, let's move on to the next one. It's something that you you will like you should, about your team. Uh, the Nets uh, beating the Mavs and KP come back to the Garden. KP to the Garden. Book a swish. Book a swish. You want to discuss this? Nah, brick. When people zig, I zag. Look, I didn't mean anything by my earlier comments. Yeah, we can no, talk about the Knicks. No, no, it's all right. No, you didn't want to talk, about, right. it. talk about it. Uh, no, that's all right. We can skip it. We'll skip it. Uh, I have another Knicks one. Uh, the Knicks mismanagement um, and the non-support of uh, Fisdale. Are we going to talk about this? Swish, swish. I'll swish some of this one. Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Knicks fan, number one fan. Please take us, take it. Uh, the writing's on the wall for Fisdale, and as a fan, I it's a bad call for me. I like, finally, you've got a coach. He's wearing the losses, but he's ultimately a good coach, in my view. I think he's good for player development. He's had a track record in the past of player development. Um, to basically stage a coup, having your top brass saying that things aren't good enough. I mean, it's a bit tough to wear it just on the coach. I mean, to the players have got to respond. But we're talking about a team that um, we all, apart from diehard Knicks fans who have grand visions of playoffs like me, um real realists would know that this is a team that will grind mm. it out and would not necessarily put wins on the board um, given the, the the amount of change 
from the t- roster that was there last season mm-hmm. to this season, cohesion plays a big role in getting getting wins. That consistency of it all, um, I just think it's a bit uh, it's a bit unfair, and I think it's the wrong call if Fizz able to go because these players. This is the coach that a lot of these second year players, third year players have known. Mm. This is the guy that they've known. This is the guy that they play for, they bleed for, because he's the one, likewise to them, who, who is accountable for the losses. No one likes losing. Yeah, no one likes losing. And um, if they want change, they should have given him a longer, you know, uh, an ultimatum, you know, get get to 500 by the end of the year or you're out, as opposed to, you know, an eighth of the way through the season already starting rumblings about coach yeah, getting rid of him. It's way too way early. Too early. Um, I don't expect anything else from the Knicks. So <laughs> they, they, they've been mismanaging that team for so long. The the license should be revoked from Shots James Dolan. Fine. Hashtag James yeah. Dolan. <laughs> it's been too long. They, they had the, they're the most um, profitable uh, NBA organization out there. But they, they basically can't put a, um, a product on the floor that the, that, that the Knicks faithful can be proud of. So it's, it's a shame. It's a shame. You know what? We grind it out. <laughs> grind it out every year. Yep, we just sign all the power forwards available. <laughs> That's uh, right. No stars. That's just right. the power forwards that are okay. And we put them all on the court and we figure it out. Figure it out. And, and we have power forwards being down the ball. <laughs> and uh, yeah. And we get a three. <laughs> three wins record. <laughs> positive is, RJ Barrett's played well this year. And I'm, I'm trying to draw any positives I can out of this. And I thought he's responded well to, um, you know, you go through the rookie highs and lows. And I thought, I think that he's been quite stable. So I'm, I've liked his play to start the year. Um, it's all about development, though. And, and they're playing Frankie Smokes a lot of minutes now. Which I like because you know if you're going to um, spend a high draft pick, you might you've got to develop these the, the, this personnel, give them a shot at it, and not just let them play 15 minutes and then after three seasons say they haven't done enough. True. Give him a shot and then see if uh, he's he's part of the future. That's right. That's, That's definitely right. All, still young. Yeah. They're all still young though. Do you, do you like him? Do you like? Smith? I like his defense. I like I like his effort. There was a really great game he played, where he he actually combined the defense with an efficient offensive night, and I think that's the potential. It's just bringing it every night, and I think that's it. He'll always bring the defensive effort, but those stats hardly show though. Um, and in a big market, in a big market team. It's all about the highlights. That's how that's that's how you draw draw in the fans and all the hype and and all the national hype as well. But it's it's look the Knicks are a work in progress and they're, they're grinding. Um, and I think we should move on to the next topic. <laughs> all right, let's move on to the next topic. Another feel good uh, team for this year, uh, the Phoenix Suns. Swish a brick. A brick. Just because I think we've we've covered ground on on the Suns, um, they they played well. Um, I'm I'm surprised by their play. I like where they're going. I like their roles. I think, you know, the vets in Rubio and Baines are doing their job. They're getting paid to do their job, um, and they're doing it well. 
Cool. All right. And then the last topic is just the, the rash of injuries that we had in the past week. Mm. Uh, an update, Reg? You want to talk about it? Yeah, yeah. I'll swish. I'll swish, swish on this one. Yeah. Swish. Well, Reg. so we've, we've talked about Levert and his unfortunate yeah. injury. Um, he's out for – how long is he out for again? Four to six month? weeks. Yeah. Yeah. We've had Dilo. Um, he's out for a couple of weeks. couple of weeks. Another injury to Golden State player. It's just freak injuries. Eric Pascal played well today. 30 points. They're running out of options. <laughs> Someone's got to shoot. <laughs> <laughs> but I, this is this is a good topic, though, because Draymond is not playing well. Mm. Uh, you're expecting a lot from a guy that you've paid good money for. Um, but he's him. never been that offensive scorer, mm-hmm. right? He's never been that guy. And yeah. it's, it's really interesting how... Um, even with superstars and playing without superstars, he's just he's getting about the same numbers. Mm. Does that say something about the product that is Draymond Green? You know what you're getting, and it's just he, well, yeah, he's there to do his job. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, like you said it yourself, he um, is not really an offensive guy, and I, that's what they're seriously lacking right now mm. with Curry and and D'Lo out. They need an and clay, player. yeah, and clay. Yeah, yeah. The team was built um, for that reason, where there's not enough shots to go around. So Draymond Green did did all the dirty work, yeah. had the defense, um, and he distributed the ball. Um, it, it just he, it, that's why he signed the contract last year. Like he he saw all the injuries happening out there for like the Max Cousins, um, uh, not signing the contract before he got injured. Um, he he just jumped on it like four years, um, hundred mil. Close to 100 mil, four years. Um, the question is, would if Golden State had to go back, would they hold off on signing him? If you guys were in uh, Bob's position, would you hold off on signing him and wait for wait for him to play it out? There's two ways he can go: is he could play really bad, um, or he can play out of his skin. Um, there was no injuries. Um, they make the playoffs, and then his his contract was larger than it would have been if they signed him last year. Rich. Sure. I I'd go no. I wouldn't have paid him. He already had a history of injuries. Yeah. Um. He was. He's not young. Um. The only reason you keep him is to save the backlash from your fan base. But I think that's an expensive exercise just to save face from your fan base. Um. I wouldn't. I wouldn't yeah. have paid him. Yeah. I I agree with you. Even though I don't, I don't want to agree with you, but I agree with you this this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just um, it, it hinders their um, their roster. So right now the roster's stuck. They, they can't do anything, and they just have to ride out the season. They got to wait for Steph. That's yeah. what this is about. This they're is waiting for Steph. Yeah. They're waiting for Steph, and they're waiting for Clay to get back. Yeah, and then see what they have. Um, see what uh, Delo has when he's um, he, he's not injured. Um, see what they have together, and then they can work out what what they want to do next. But yeah, like years ahead. Yeah, like years yeah. ahead. <laughs> Alright, so yeah, so thanks everyone for listening. Uh, it's the Shooters Roll. You know where to find us uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and all places where there's a podcast. So see you next time. Subscribe, and see you next time. We're just going to come find you. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.